going through an infertility journey has so many dimensions and can really take a toll on our self-worth, our happiness, our joy, and our ability to engage in our life day to day. I am extremely excited to have guest Rosie Milsom here with us today. She is going to go through her journey and her mindset of how she has approached her infertility journey alongside her IVF experience and how she has been able to find joy and happiness along the way. And I think that you're going to find her interview today so uplifting and full of hope and encouragement and support. And so I'm very excited to have her here with us today. Roseanne Milstrom is a certified life and self-love coach from Staffordshire. Her main focus is supporting women to help increase their sense of self-worth so that they can heal their relationships with themselves, understanding their true purpose and create a life that excites and fulfills them. As someone who has experienced a long journey with infertility, Rosie knows how these conditions can take over your life and affect your view of your body, your identity, and your overall sense of self-worth. After trying for children for many years and after many unsuccessful medical treatments, she eventually turned to a world of personal development and spirituality and searched for answers in the mind rather than the body. It was here that she learned about the power of mindset, and she uses this in her coaching today. Aside from all of this, she is also a wedding celebrant, a trustee of local youth music charity, a board member of a dance theater company, and a singer and a keen Harry Potter fan. She lives in Stafford with her husband, Andy, and their beloved dog, Jax. So I know you are all going to love Rosie today. So let's go ahead and without further ado, let's get started. You're listening to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of PCOS and how to repair the imbalances in your hormones naturally with a little medical help sprinkled in. Hi, I'm Ashleen Korczak, and with many years of medical and personal experience with polycystic ovarian syndrome, it is my joy to watch women reverse their PCOS as they learn to nourish their body in a whole new way. With the power of our beliefs, our mindset, and our environment, and the understanding of our genetics, we can heal at the root cause. All right, welcome back to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where today we get to talk to Rosie, and she's going to give us some amazing insights into her IVF journey and how that has really changed her outlook on her self-worth and how she was able to, through that journey, really get in touch with how her mindset is affecting her her daily activities and her happiness. And she's going to share with us today. So this is really exciting to have someone come on the podcast today with us and share how she was able to do that to hopefully inspire you and to give you some hope, some comfort, some peace of mind as you continue your journey for better fertility, better health, and all the things that you are working so hard and trying to learn about with your PCOS. All right, Rosie. Um, welcome. I'm so glad you are here. Thank you. Thanks, Ashley. Really glad to be here. Would you mind um, starting by giving us a little background into your fertility journey so that we can have a better understanding as we have our conversation today? Yeah, of course. So I started trying for children um, with my husband back in August 2014. So we're coming up to our nine year anniversary. Um we haven't had our happy ending yet, but I'll get to I'll get to that um 
a little bit further. But in terms of our journey, so we kind of tried for a year, started having those initial tests. We were referred to um, a kind of fertility clinic in 2016, underwent some more tests. Um, we did Clomid for six or so months. I'm not sure if you call it the same thing um, uh, over in the US, but uh, it's basically like ovulation induction. Um, then we kind of turned to acupuncture and started some holistic stuff before we dived into IVF. But eventually, after almost three years of trying, we went throughout the first round. That was in um, August 2017. And it was at that point that I found out I had um, low AMH, um, so like low ovarian reserve, I think yes. um, it's often re- referred to. Um, so we only got two eggs on that round and um, they were kind of fragmented. You know, the, the embryo sadly didn't take. Um, and so I'd gone into it quite naively at that point. I just kind of thought I didn't know there was anything, you know, I'm doing quote marks here wrong with me um until IVF uh you know until the actually IVF stage so it was you know for three years I assumed it's just something maybe with my husband maybe something else um so in uh being the kind of type a personality that I am after that I did so much research and in January 2018 I underwent a complete lifestyle overhaul I cut out alcohol and refined sugar for six months um I cut out cardio. Um I only used like natural products, um, you know, my body and my house. Just absolutely everything that you you know, I read all the books, it starts with the egg, you know, all those kind of classics. And um started blogging my fertility journey on Instagram alongside, you know, finding a whole community on there as I'm sure a lot of listeners have found as well. Um, and I kind of thought that was going to be the magic pill. But then in June 2018, when we came to our round, I did get more eggs. I'd been put on a drug called DHEA, which is, um, you know, supposed to help the stimulation of, of more follicles when you have a low, low ovarian reserve. I did get more eggs, but that round was zero fertilization. So after like six months of complete, you know, <laughs> living like a monk and, and doing every, absolutely everything I could, um yeah it didn't work and it was just like devastating and I remember um just two days after my younger sister messaging me to let me know she was six weeks pregnant with her second child she'd had her first whilst I was trying as well and it was just it was like the lowest of the low um it was yeah it was just awful and then we kind of regrouped uh moved to a new clinic um did ICSI this time in March 2019 felt a bit more relaxed um yeah th- that one didn't work out either but I, I it wasn't quite as devastating I was already starting to make some kind of shift by that point yes. um and in June 2019 that's when I started you know I'd done everything I physically could so that's when I started looking for answers a bit more within in terms of mindset you know i kind of started researching law of attraction, spirituality, that kind of thing. You know, I I think there was like an element of at first just being so desperate to try anything to make it happen. Like I, I consider myself a pretty spiritual person. Do you feel like too, because you didn't, you went into it not even really understanding what was physically going on that you were dealing with, um, with a low AMH, do you feel like you kind of got thrown into that medical model of 
this is what we have to offer. They don't really mm-hmm. talk about a lot of like you're talking, even the holistic nutrition exercise yeah. um, products approach, but even more the mindset and that um, heart approach, the emotional approach. Yeah. Do you feel like it kind of set you up to be even more um, in your head about it, more frantic about it? Yeah, 100%. You know, so much focus is on, um, you know, do everything physical you can, you can take all these supplements, you know, do acupuncture, do reflexology. And by that time, like my, my head was just a mess and there isn't a lot of focus yeah. on that. Um, so yes, as much as I was looking for other answers to try and attract my baby. And like I say, I, I, I do have an element of spirituality, but I think I was also a bit like, <laughs> you know, I'll do anything that works, you know, I've tried all the physical, so where's, you know, where am I going to go next? Where's my mindset? Um, so I started kind of reading um, books, starting to do that kind of self-discovery part. I've always been quite interested in development, but I I can't say that by that point I ever really read much except fiction. I hadn't read a lot of non-fiction, and it started opening up this whole new world to me. Um, I'd had a fibroid throughout all of my um IVF which is a like a non-cancerous growth in the in the womb just in case anybody I don't want to assume anything um and that was removed in November 2019 and I found out even though my clinics had all told me that wouldn't have made a difference to implantation when the surgeon took it out he was like it absolutely would it was the size of an orange um yeah definitely <laughs> yeah um and um it was within my kind of wall you know the wall of my wing lining whereas my clinics hadn't thought that it was um and in december 2019 we found out sorry this is quite long i'm trying to shorten it no you're Um, fine this is everyone's been going through their own journey and to hear somebody else has been going through it too even in that there's comfort in that like you said finding a support you know finding community on instagram i mean it's important part of this it is is but um yeah so in 29 december 2019 we actually found out that this whole time my husband had had an underlying sperm issue he had um high dna fragmentation which is like high dna damage to his sperm so regardless of everything that i'd done and and my own biological issues it probably never would have worked anyway and i had questioned the clinic a number of times you know should we test my husband's sperm because some of his um like standard sperm analysis were like a bit borderline um, and they'd always said, no, your eggs are the problem, um, which was frustrating. But, you know, there's no point getting, you know, I let that go quite quickly. And people were like, I would be so mad. And I was like, yeah, but I can't, I can't change it. It no. is what it is. There's, there is nothing that's going to come from me getting hit up about that. So anyway, we moved. Back he saw it. Back of peace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, we, we moved on to a top urologist, sorted my husband's sperm out. And in October 2020, I had a chemical pregnancy, a natural chemical pregnancy, um, which is when like you're only really pregnant for a few days. So you get a line on the test and then it fades. Um, and do you know what? That was like an absolute beacon of hope for me. Like some people would think, oh, you must be devastated. You were almost there and not. And yeah, there's an element of that. But, you know, you've got to think by that point, I've been trying for six years. That was the first time I'd seen it. And that was the first time it made it tangible. It made it possible that you know, and I couldn't help but feel that the shift that I'd gone through in terms of my mindset and my energy around it had something to do with it. I'm not saying that's the only piece, like having the fibroid removed, having my, you know, husband sort his sperm out was probably a, a factor. 
Um, and we've been trying naturally ever since. And we haven't, as far as I know, achieved that. I stopped testing all the time because, again, that was another thing that I think, you, you know, you can find quite triggering. Um, so, yeah, and, and here we are today. It's um, March 2023. Um, and I, uh, not March, and it's April, I think. Um, but when this will, will be going out, but, um, yeah, you know, I still have that faith and hope that children will be part of our lives, but we haven't done any treatment. We're still actively trying and just staying in that, that kind of level of faith and hope, but living my life at the same time. Well, I think that, um, you know, I guess my next question is really, can you speak to how much, cause I had it for a very short window of time. Um, but how much this takes over your life. And at some point being able to combine the still keeping that hope that you're keeping that mindset of hope and openness Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, trying to conceive while at the same time, not having it consume every part of you, your entire life and all of your happiness. Yeah. That's something where we don't know when it will happen for each individual. Um, Mm -hmm. And there is an element of, worry of the if too but in the midst of all of that how much of our life can we let this engulf before we um kind of take our own power back of our mind and being able to enjoy our day yeah i mean yeah a hundred percent like it does take over your life unbelievable amounts like i remember you know, walking with my husband, I think we were walking the dog and I just said to him, and this was only, you know, a couple of years ago, I just said to him, like, I feel like it's literally in everything I do, everything I breathe, every single waking second, because I'd, because I'd put it at at such a central part of my life and my identity and every single choice that I made, you know, I wouldn't even drink tap water. Like, you know, that was the level at which, so if you're, if you're, you know, constantly looking at everything you put in your body. And I'm sure women with PCOS will have the same because, you know, there's all that insulin resistance and, yeah. you know, stuff that, you know, stuff you're supposed to do it to like hormone balance. And it, it, if you, you know, not only are you, is it always constantly in your mind from the things that the, the lifestyle choices that you're making, your diet, your exercise, but it's also everywhere you look. Like it, when you get to a certain age, every time you open your Facebook page, there's another baby scan, another baby shower, and it's it, like I, I, I literally said to him, I feel like I can't escape. Like it, it's in absolutely everything that I do, and in terms of how you shift from that, um, and shift from that energy, there were there were really like a kind of few key steps for me in doing that, um, and one was this idea that to stay hopeful like you have to believe it's a possibility for you but you have to let go of the timeline and the plan that you had for yourself and I know that's so easy to say like but the 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 longer that you hold on to this idea that oh well it worked for them in this way and this is how it should go and I should be why should you what why why is that the way and and who's to say that is even the best way um you know it's that element of le- of letting go of letting go of that that control 
and realizing, as I you know said at the beginning, you can't necessarily control, or there's only a certain amount of the physical side that you can control, but how you react and how you feel around something and the energy that you're feeding into it is something that you can control. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was shifting my energy and my view around it because everything that was to do with fertility for me was stress, was jealousy, was bitterness, was control, was sadness, um, judgment. And I realized that having that around, like being absolutely bitter and angry at every friend that just managed to get pregnant, you know, and uh, avoiding uh, baby showers. Um, avoiding spending time with, you know, my nieces and nephews or any per- any of the children, you realise whether you have a tendency to be woo-woo or not, like your energy around babies is hate, 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 avoid, 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 jealousy, 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 bitter, bitter, bitter. And, you know, if if that's what you're associating with what you want, that's not good and it's not going to you're going to it's going to feel even more separate from you than it already is whereas actually if you can look on at something with the energy of like desire and happiness and hope it's going to feel a hell of a lot closer to you and you're going to feel a lot better like as I say even taking the wheels out (laughs) (laughs) even taking the woo-woo out of it just generally to feel jealousy bitterness it 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 just it eats away at your soul and when I realized to myself I have a choice of how I want to look at these things I have a choice that um when I hold my friend's baby for the first time I can do that with the energy of oh this is amazing I can't wait until this is mine not you know I fucking you know excuse me (laughs) Um, you know uh looking at it going this you know this should be mine I can't stand this my heart's about to break and that's you know that is no judgment like we're all at that point in a certain point of time but the reason that you're there is because either you you know you're attaching some kind of meaning to your um fertility struggle that isn't necessarily true like you know I should have this um, why isn't it working for me? Um, you know, what does this mean about me? I'm not deserving. Maybe I'm not meant to be a mother. Um, you know, maybe this is karma. Like, yeah, I've kind of thought all of those things. Well, and we can't, I mean, the reality is the, the reality in any given day is the reality, but driving ourselves, um, crazy with those kind of negative deep thoughts, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Nice. You're saying it's so much better, but, but yeah, it's a, this is, this is powerful to be able to, to, when you said we have the power to choose how we feel about these things and how we approach these things, that's, that's just pure gold. That's, yeah. I mean, it's not an easy choice. Not easy. Believe me. Not easy. It, it took me a long time, but, but it, but it's true though. And it, like, it's a harsh truth to think about. And like I say, sometimes you can say, well, it's not that easy, but really it, it it is a choice it's just a choice you have to keep choosing and the more you choose it and the more you feel the benefit of it like I love the fact that now you know I I can spend time with my um uh my nephews and just like uh, appreciate how adorable and hilarious they are without that like utter like sadness and jealousy and 
and knowing that it's ruining my my friendships and my relationship you know with my my family it's so freeing and it it, it comes from a sense of believing that I am either going to have my happy ending or I'm going to have the ending that is meant for me and it's not it's not about a cop-out it's not about you know what will be will be like I say I'm still trying um but I think that hardest bit and I kind of underlined it here on my notepad because I know it's the bit I struggled with most was that surrender like I could cultivate a belief and a hope I could visualize holding my baby in my arms you know I could do all of those kind of positive mindset energetic stuff that makes it you know fit I can meditate I can you know do all of these things but truly surrendering like truly being happy with the timeline and just letting go of that like control um that I think that's that's the key and it not just being something that you're ticking off oh yeah I'm doing the mindset piece I've I've done this and I I've surrendered to the outcome and I you know release jealousy and bitterness and then expecting it oh you know well where's my baby I've done it all now (laughs) yes exactly because that's that's on the surface it didn't go as deep as the true, true, true peace and the surrender that you're talking about. Mm, mm. Um, and another thing that helped me was because I made it, you know, I put my career on hold. Um, I wouldn't like book a holiday in case I got pregnant, like the next month. Um, I wouldn't book like a spa weekend for like a couple of months time. So like, I'm pregnant. I would be able to get in the, you know, the spa, but sort of, like ev- everything was done. I, you know, I don't want to leave my job because um, they've got great maternity pay here. And then when, when it re- I, I realized that, you know, life wasn't really happening, I was like, right, I'm taking my life off hold because um, that's what I'd done. And when I did that, I started refocusing on other areas of my life. And because I think the thing is, when you're going through a fertility struggle, you know, it becomes your central identity. You know, like I said, every decision you make is around it and and you make your struggle your identity and blogging my journey on Instagram was um a really um at the time a a a really great experience because I found a whole community of women who understood how I felt and were really supportive but in another way it just made it even more my day because I would log in on a hundred times a day seeing you know and then you've got your polarizing feelings there because you're seeing a load of women going through IVF who absolutely deserve their baby but then you see everyone graduating and obviously I you know I sadly was one of the people that would see you know join and be at the same point in my journey and then they would have their baby and then they'd kind of go on and then and another round of people would kind of notice them coming in and then they would kind of go on and um so whilst it was a very useful and amazing community of women, like, uh, yeah, just so much respect, um, you know, it comes with its own battles and further kind of infiltrates into your identity as well. So when I kind of took a step back a little bit from that and um, I changed jobs, I was like, right, I'm, you know, I'm ready for senior management now. I changed jobs and I just kind of refocused my life and started finding joy and purpose in in other things and just not making fertility like the central point of my identity um and you know I took the time to appreciate how 
you know, and it might sound a bit skewed, but how it had benefited my life because, you know, I discovered this like side of mindset and spirituality that had just completely transformed where I was. But even stuff like, um, like I'd suffered with IBS and, and the, you know, the kind of diet stuff that I've been through, I completely healed my gut. Um, I discovered like yoga and, um, meditation. Um, like I managed to start balancing like my cycles because they were, you know, a, a little bit swift. And yeah, there were, there were so many positives that I was able to say that had given me. And, you know, I, I, I'd helped people, you know, that the charity that I'd gone into, you know, I was helping people who were suffering from Lyme disease, which is probably more familiar with people in the US than, um, UK because it's still not that well known over here. But I was like, I was the only person at that charity. And I was like, if, if I hadn't moved, those people wouldn't have got the treatment that they needed. And, you know, they wouldn't have spoken to me that day. Um, yeah, I know it sounds like you're kind of grasping at straws, but it, it, it isn't. When you look at it, you're like, wow, I, I kind of really felt a sense of purpose. I really helped someone here. That wouldn't have happened if I was here. And it's not, it's not about trying to be trite. It's not about like saying, oh, well, yeah, that's great, but I'd rather have a baby. Right, <laughs> um, right. it's, it's about like thinking like, why not, why not both? What, why can't you fulfill a purpose somewhere else have and have that baby, but still just on a different timeline and appreciate, you know, how it's made you a better person, how it's made you more patient, more compassionate, um, more well, aware. Focusing and letting IVF fertility journeys, um, all of that, letting that overtake your life doesn't help you get a baby. <laughs> and so why not live a full, full, full life? Like you said, you're still trying. There's still lots of hope and creating a more positive and, you know, space in yourself is only going to assist you in becoming the person you want to be in every aspect of your life, including motherhood, hopefully someday, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard people say before that have been through this, this fertility journey, like kind of other fertility mindset coaches or just people that have been there. Like now, like the mother that I am going to be, um, is like next level to what I would have been. Like what I know now about myself and what I want to pass on to a child and that kind of level of appreciation that I would have for that, that life coming into mind. That's not to say, you know, that people that go through fertility appreciate children more. Of course not. But, um, but you've created an inner strength in yourself that you get to take with you for the rest of your life from this experience. Yeah. And something that I would want to be able to pass on to you know my my child my children whatever we're kind of blessed to to have um but knowing that my life is full like now like and I don't need that baby to complete me it would add you know it would add to our family it would add to our lives but you know there are lots of benefits we have at the moment you know having that flexibility we're kind of taking the opportunity while we can whilst we've got the funds and the freedom to go and travel the world you know we went abroad you know three times last year and you know we've we already got plans to go to you know venice and 
um, Ibiza this year and, you know, it's stuff that we just wouldn't have done before and wouldn't be able to do when we have children. So we're like, okay, well, let's, you know, our lives can be full now. Yes. And, you know, if it stays like this, it's still full. Whereas if you're acting like, you know, having if you don't have children or this doesn't work out for you, that your life isn't, you're not going to be a full person. You're going to be broken. You you know, that's not, yeah, it's, that's not what's going to complete your life. That isn't what makes you, you. Um, and that isn't going to be a place that you come from or that you approach your fertility journey in an empowered way. Um, it's going to, if you, the, that other way and you feel like you are broken or you do need that to complete your, it has to work this way or by this time or you know the the energy that you're bringing and the experience that you're going to have is going to have a you know a massively negative effect on you um and I just want people to know that it's you don't have to have your happy ending to get to this point you don't have to have a guarantee um there is another way to approach your fertility journey um what regardless of what whatever the you know physical um blockers um are to you you know getting pregnant as easily as you want to um there's a hell of a lot of power in mindset um not just from like the spiritual energetic and, and being happy in yourself but obviously that, that kind of jealousy, bitterness, et cetera, creates stress and has a physical effect on your body as well. And you want to be going into fertility treatment, your fertility journey in top health. And that's not just your physical, that's your mental as well, because your mental, emotional health has an effect on your physical too. So even if you didn't want to talk about it from just like a, you know a you know a mental emotional perspective oh yeah no, um, it's all connected it's definitely mm. all connected. curious if you i mean you're choosing right now not to go through any fertility treatments but how would you knowing everything you've been through and how all of that goes having gone through it before mm-hmm. what would be your recommendation um to women who are either currently in that place of fertility treatments or thinking about entering into it how would you recommend holding that mindset of positive energy and positive self-worth as as you go through something and um you're having to kind of the hard part with fertility treatments is it's so in your face like you've talked Mm. about it's in all of your focus how do you detach enough to keep the positivity throughout that journey what would you recommend? Yeah, that's a really great, great question. I think for me, certainly in the last round, I just put less pressure on on myself and on it working out. I think, and and like I say, not attaching a certain meaning to it not to it not working that isn't there. Like you know about this kind of identity of feeling broken. Like that last one for me, the difference was that I was like, okay. I'm not putting all my hopes. I'm, I'm absolutely having hope. I'm going in with the thought that this absolutely, um, can work. Um, but I didn't, I didn't put all of my hopes and dreams and happiness on it. Um, 
and when I did it you know we I took some time to connect with my partner we went and did you know something like when we were in the two-week wait you know we you know took some time off I went to the cinema like I took like a social media break um you know I practiced like meditation and visualization and whatever brings you joy or makes you feel connected to yourself um and are the you know things that make you feel more positive and hopeful rather than like so I I wouldn't you know watch anything like stressful or depressing or you know I know people like crying dramas and stuff but I think yeah I think it really is just just looking looking after yourself having faith that absolutely it can work out but having a faith that if it doesn't too you're going to be okay yeah and there's going to be another answer or another step for you to do like we're not doing treatment we've never said never again but it's not it's not it's not true for us right now like the 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 physical demands of it um for like the eggs that we were receiving just you know it wasn't worth that for us but it was keeping an eye on those kind of positive stories that give me hope and and looking towards those positive stories as as places of hope and evidence that it does work out um rather than things to torture myself with well i think that's i think that's lovely in the sense too that um i think sometimes we're told by our doctors that, and, and I'm medical. I mean, I understand the medical side of it. And, but I think as a patient, sometimes we embody that news so deeply, um, that this is the only next option is the way it's kind of presented because it's what they have mm-hmm. to offer. And I, I love how you're able to say, this isn't what's right for me right now. This is where, you know, I need to create my whole life and, um, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to just be IVF or I'm no longer wanting to have a baby. There's so many different paths on our way to find what's right for our body at any given time. Like you're saying, it's, this is what's right for my mental health and for my relationship with your partner and everything right now is, isn't, it's not a one size fits all. And it's really about finding your own path that doesn't drag you down into that negativity all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was an empowering decision. It wasn't like, no, I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, which is, but you know, if you make it from that decision, fine. Like I say, you're still acknowledging that you've reached your, your threshold and that's fine. It's just, you know, some might feel like I need to do it now. Like, you know, I'm 39 years old now. And, you know, some people will be like, oh, I must, you know, I need to do it now because it's a certain age where I've just kind of let go of that, you know, like, I used to really stress about it in the sense like, oh, you know, my children won't know, have their grandparents around for as long. And, you know, I won't see my grandchildren for like, you know, you kind of think about these things. You know, that's why I kind of didn't want to leave it for so long. Or, you know, that's why I feel like some people might think, oh, I need to do it now. I need to do all of the, the treatments now. But, you know, you kind of get a sense when you know that something isn't working. So if you're able to take a step back and go, okay, what do I believe about myself right now? What what am I experiencing in my life right now? What do I want to experience? What do I want to gain? Like, I still see myself 
in certain aspects my identity as a mother and I'm able to visualize that and feel that and and hope hope for it and have faith in it but I'm also okay if it doesn't happen and like that doesn't make me like less you know someone that wants children less than someone else like let's say if you'd have seen me you know four years ago I was four or five years ago I was an absolute mad woman like (laughs) um it's just and it's it's not like I've come to accept it hasn't it's not going to happen for me it's not that either like it isn't and that's what I kind of want to show really it's not one or the other um but if you can shift your energy from happiness hope and expectation of something that you really want rather than that jealousy bitterness why me you know I don't obviously don't deserve this um there is there is such power in that and you're going that's when you'll shift your perspective on the situation and you'll be able to better handle and accept the kind of ups and downs and and what's happening and and ultimately choose the right path for you because you're choosing it from a place of ex you know that kind of excitement and connection and and hope and and faith rather than the desperation you know and um like anxiety and every all the other joyful things that come with uh, fertility awesome. i love the way you say that <laughs> yes yes and it's it, it's a it's a hard thing to always put into words because it's something that you almost feel and embody more than you can put words to but you did a beautiful job putting words to that thank you is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with today um let me think i think i think i think i've covered I covered it all i think i would just say remember that this is this is something you're going through but it's not something that you are mm-hmm. um but it can change your life in an amazingly positive way and set you on a path that you didn't even realize you would be on like you know I became a coach because of my fertility journey you know because I started discovering that world of of mindset and changing the way that I feel about myself and that eventually led me to um discovering like my myself regaining that sense of identity that purpose direction and coaching is something that I'd always had kind of in the back of my mind but I I went through a bit of self-awareness and self-discovery and realized that this was you know this was the 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 path that was meant to me and, and and this is what led me there and I wouldn't have got there otherwise if I'd had children um you know when I first started trying my life would look completely different and that's not to say that it wouldn't be good as well but I wouldn't be doing and having the impact that I have now I wouldn't be leading a truly fulfilling like successful life as a coach making an impact on others and using the the skills that I've only acquired because of what happened and what path that sent me on to make their lives better and to rebuild their kind of sense of self-worth and make them more resilient and help them find their identity purpose passion um you know to help them to feel good enough because for so long my fertility struggle made me feel undeserving and you know unworthy and and not good enough and 
And um, now, you know, I make a living from making women who are struggling with any kind of sense of self-worth or identity crisis or, um, you know, to, to live a life that they are meant to, um, or help them feel good enough. And, you know, I wouldn't change that. I wouldn't change what I've been through. I wouldn't change the fact that I haven't been able to have children yet. And like I say, that is a, a, a place that I never thought I would be. So just know that this path might, you know, could just take you exactly where you need to go. That's beautiful. It's incredible. And the impact that you're able to have is amazing. I know people are going to want to know where they can learn um, more about what you do and more on how you've been able to create this positive mindset. Um, where is the best place for people to learn more about you, to reach out to you and to connect with you? Um, so, yeah, best place where I spend the majority of my time is uh, probably on Instagram. Um, so I'm under there is um, Rosie underscore Milsom underscore coaching, but I'm sure we'll share the share the links yeah people can come come over and i'd love to offer um your listeners um a little something to kind of help them on that kind of mindset self-discovery and kind of purpose and passion thing if they're feeling like they've lost a bit of themselves or they want to get a bit of that belief back you know or um you know feel like they need a bit of a reminder about what really matters to them aside from fertility um then I think I think we could have um something really great to share with them. So we'll perhaps I'll, give you the details. Yeah. Yes, I'll put all of the links for that in the show notes as well as on the web page for this episode. So you can find those um there and connect with Rosie and learn more and get the resources from her further there. Um Rosie, thank you so, so, so much for being willing to come and be so open and, and sharing so much of your vulnerable and emotional journey. Um I know it's going to mean a lot to the women listening um, on on so many different levels. Uh, it, it's something that goes way deeper than words really can. And so I really, really, really am grateful for you coming on and being willing to share with us today. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I really hope that what I shared today has resonated with even one person and made them see um, see themselves or their journey differently. Um, so yeah, thank you for inviting me on to, to share my story. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, um, yeah, this was, this was a, this was a gift. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you. Did you know that studies of PCOS epigenetics have shown that our environment can either worsen or completely reverse our PCOS symptoms? I believe that although PCOS makes us sensitive to our environment, it also makes us powerful. When we learn what our body needs and commit to providing those needs, not only do we gain back our health, but we grow in power just by showing up for ourselves. This is why I've created a guide for you to get started. My PCOS fertility meal guide can be found in the show notes below. I want to show you how to create an environment that promotes healing while still being able to live a life that you enjoy. This guide is completely free, so go get your copy now so that you can step into the vision that you have for your life and for your health.